That's right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining. I really appreciate it. As always, Baruch Hashem, here in Brooklyn, at least. So we finally got the good news that Shul's are allowed to reopen. And I was thinking, you know, there's a famous Gemara in Tainus that says, Lehayyam Tevim Yisrael. And the Gemara goes on to say, Yom Kippur, of course, we know what was great about it, Yom Slicha V'chapara, but what about Tu Ba'av? What's so unique about that? And the Gemara goes through a whole list of reasons why Tu Ba'av was a great day. And I can't help but think how relevant that Gemara is to our times. Says the Gemara, one of the reasons is, The Shvatim, after the uh, the story of Pilegish Begiva, once again allowed to uh, mingle and interact with each other and marry with one another. And in a sense, that's what's relevant, what's happening now, is that every family is finally, you know, we were in isolation and in seclusion, we're finally able to gather together, of course, within the confines of uh, the guidelines, but we're able to gather together in shul. Yom Shekol Mesa Midbar, that's the day that the... the the Mesa Midbar, they stopped dying. And, of course, we have tremendous tsar for all of those that were lost. And we continue to daven for Oz for Shalema, for all of those who are still recovering from coronavirus. And I have to mention, of course, my father-in-law, who's with us on the line, Yaakov Yosef HaKoyin, Benesta Yehudis. You should have, you and, and anybody else who's affected should have a complete and speedy Refuah Shalema. But Baruch Hashem, we haven't heard in recent weeks, of people dying, which is great news. Continues the Gemara. That was the day that Bitel Hashem Benun praised the ice. It was the day that they took away the guards who were stopping people from going to the base on Migdash. And Baruch Hashem, we don't have the police roaming around to make sure that all the shuls are locked. And finally, Yem Sheposku by Milichai Seitzim Lamarocha was the day that they stopped chopping wood. And as the Rabbeinu Gershon famously says, because they weren't so involved with other activities, so they were able to focus on learning Taira. And so, to Baruch Hashem, we're able to go back to shuls. And very soon, hopefully, Shiurim will resume in shuls as well. And we'll be able to go back to our normal activities. And that is certainly a Gevaldi Gesimcha. As the Pasuk tells us, We're very grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that this day finally came. And it certainly it's not a coincidence that it's happening during these times. We're holding in great days, the days of the beginning of Chodesh Sivan, right before the Yom Tov of Shavuos, the great days of Shlesh and Yom HaMiyuchas. So we're approaching great days, and so HaKadosh Baruch is giving us this gift right around this time, the time that we're approaching Kabbalah Satayra. We're also starting Be'ezer Hashem this week, Chumash Devarim, which is known as Chumash Apkudim. In English, it's called Numbers. If we look in Chumash Devarim, so you'll see that only twice in the entire Chumash does HaKadosh Baruch Hu count Klal Yisrael. The first time is at the beginning of the Parsha this week, and then again in Parsha's Pinchas. Why is it, you know, if we look at the other the other, the other, the other Chumash, we look at Chumash Mais, Bamidbar, yes. Uh, sorry. Chumash Bamidbar. Yeah. Not Dvarim. Thank you, Morty. Chumash Dvarim. Chumash Bamidbar. Right. 
which is known as numbers, Chumash, Chumash, uh, Chumash Apkudim numbers. Um, why, why, uh, if you look in Chumash Shemais, it's Sefer Geula. A big, a big portion of Sefer Shemais is dedicated to the Geula from Mitzrayim. Sefer Vayikra is known as Teras Kehanim because a big part of it is dedicated to the Avayit of the Beis Hamikdash. And yet here, there's only twice in the entire Chumash that Kaddish Baruch Hu counts Klal Yisrael, and yet it's given the name of Chumash Apkudim. Why? We also know that almost every single year, this year included, so Bamidbar comes right before Shavuos. What's the connection between Parshas Bamidbar and Kabbalah Satayra? So, the Parsha starts off as we said, Vayidaber Hashem HaMoyshe Bamidbar Sinai. Say Chazal, Lama Bamidbar Sinai, Say Chazal, Mikan Shano Chachamim, Bishloisha Dvarim Nitna Taira. Baish, Bamayim, Ubamidbar. The Torah was given with three components. Fire, as we see in the Pasuk, by Kabbalah Satayra, Var Sinai, Oshan Kuloi. Mayim, as the Pasuk says, Gam Shamayim, Natfu Gamovim, Natfu Moim. And finally, Bamidbar, as the Pasuk says over here, Vayidaber Hashem HaMoyshe, Bamidbar Sinai. If we look at the first two elements, we have the Eish and we have the Mayim. These two things seem to contradict one another. Fire is the opposite of water. And the truth is, the Sfarim tell us that within a person, so we each have opposing elements. We have passions, which is like fire. We have a certain passivity. We have a certain element of inertia, which is compared to water. And within a person, there's always a battle raging between the conflicting emotions that he has. As Shleimah tells us, a person has within him different midas. There's love, there's hate, there's rachamim, there's, cruel, there's mercy, there's cruelty. And there's a time for everything. It's our avoida to use the Torah to help us guide our emotions and utilize them in the proper way. Fire, which we said symbolizes passion, so that has its place. The Pasuk says, Gar shanafshi, gar shanafshi A person has a taiva. Use that taiva for learning Torah. A person has within him kinah, jealousy. So kinah seifim tar Use it to look at someone else's milas and say, hey, if he could be at that level, why can't I? And then you have the mayim, the passivity. That's when a person is supposed to look at Eilam and say to himself, hey, you know, just because someone else has a nicer car than I do, a nicer house, doesn't mean that I have to be like him. It's okay. You could be calm. You could be relaxed. This is not the type of thing that you have to involve yourself with. We have to use our midas to be a Oyved Hashem in the proper way, these midas that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah with, the Eish and the Mayim. So that's something that we could relate to and we can understand. But what is the midbar? What is the desert aspect of Torah? That we can apply to our life. Say Chazal. In order for a person to acquire Torah, he has to make himself Hefker like the Midbar. What does Chazal mean by this Hefker like a Midbar? So, there's a few ways to understand this. If you look at a desert, 
So there's nothing going on there. There's no trees, there's no vegetation, there's no water. It's just one big vast wasteland, wasteland, as far as the eye can see. If a person wants to be kind of Torah, wants to connect to Torah, so a person has to, in a certain sense, say to himself, there's nothing going on other than the Torah that I want to learn. Chazal tell us, later on we'll be reading it in Parshas Chukas, Zoysa Torah, Adam Kiyamas Ba'oyel, a person has to make himself, so to speak, dead when it comes to learning Torah. And the Chavetz Chaim says, in a beautiful mashal, which is well known, there was a fellow who was a merchant, where he ran a very busy store, together with his wife. And they were very successful. But, along with the success, so came the distractions involved with running a business. And slowly and gradually, the person lost his connection to learning, he lost his connection to going to shul. He was busy with his business. And the situation like that continued for many years. And one day the guy looks in the mirror and he sees that his, his beard is turning gray. His hair is turning white. And he starts thinking, you know, uh, there's going to be a day of reckoning. And it's not that far off. And he takes stock of how he's holding. This time in Ruchnius, and he realizes that He's lacking. He used to go to Minyan. He doesn't do that anymore. He used to have a, a Seder and, and learning. He doesn't do that anymore. And right then and there, he makes a strong commitment that he's going to go back and he's going to recommit himself. He's not going to miss Minyan and he's not going to miss a daily Seder of learning. And sure enough, that very day, instead of going uh, right after davening in the house to the store, so... He goes to shul, he davens shachris, and then he sits down to learn. His wife, meanwhile, uh, had left the house earlier, and she went and she opened the store, and she's busy with the clients. And she sees he's not coming. He's not coming to. Uh, he's not coming to. Uh, he's not coming to the store. Finally, after a couple hours, so he shows up. Okay, so she says, you know what? Probably had to take care of something urgent. Not a problem. But the following day, the same thing happens. And on the third day, finally, she's like, okay, there's something going on here. Let me find out what's going on. And she starts looking for him. She looks in the house. He's not there. Uh, she goes to the other businesses in town. He's not there. And finally, she has this, uh, this thought. Hey, maybe he's in shul. She opens the door. And there's her husband, who instead of being at his post in the store, he's sitting and learning. The shul at the time is empty. She goes in and she says, excuse me, you lost your mind? The store is full of customers. They're waiting for you to service them. I can't do it all on my own. And you're here sitting and learning like there's nothing going on. What's wrong with you? So he says to her, let me ask you a question. If the Malach HaMovas would come today and he would tell you, Khalila, that it's, that my, my time's up and it's my turn to go, would you say to him, no, I'm sorry, but you can't take my husband. He has a store full of customers who are waiting for him. You obviously would not. And even if you would, it wouldn't help. So during these two hours each morning, I want you to consider it as if I'm dead. I don't exist. Says the Torah, A person has to consider himself as if he's not alive. There's nothing else in the world except those few hours. During that time, there's nothing else except the Torah. And so say Chazal, 
Just like there's nothing going on in the desert, the way to acquire Torah is for a person to say, during this time that I'm committed to learning, and of course everybody has their own cheshbonus and their own times, but during this time, whatever it is, it's a setshir, it's a seder, there's nothing else going on. Another point of Midbar is that when a person is in the desert and he's thirsty and suddenly he finds water, so he's thrilled with the water, he appreciates it, and he he enjoys every drop of water that he's able to swallow. So too with the Torah. The void of a person is to reach a certain degree of geschmack in his learning, that the Torah should be sweet, that he should appreciate it and love it and enjoy it. And we say this each and every morning by davening, There's no other mitzvah that we daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we should enjoy it, except by, by Talmud Torah. And famously, the Egle Tal, the Avnei Nezer says, in his Sefer, when he describes what the meaning of Torah Lishma is, and he says, Sometimes I hear people saying that a person who who's, uh, has gishmak in his learning, that's not considered Torah lishma Because you're enjoying it, you're having a gishmak in it, so you're enjoying it, so you're doing something that you enjoy. So some people enjoy uh, riding bikes, some people enjoy collecting stamps, and some people enjoy going hiking, and this person enjoys Torah. That's not Torah lishma says the, says the Egle Tal. That's a big mistake. This is the really this is what Limo Torah is all about. To enjoy the learning and to benefit from it, to be happy when you're learning. When a person enjoys what he's doing, then he's going to appreciate the Torah the most, and he's going to understand it more, and he's going to become dovic to the Torah more, because it's something that he enjoys. And that's the avoid of each and every one of us to try to reach this level of Arevus, of Gishmak and Taira. Just like a person appreciates the water in the desert. And of course, this is not something that comes easy. And how does a person reach this? So really, this goes hand in hand. That a person has to start learning Taira and commit learning to commit to learning Taira. And the more a person practices it, the more he's going to start earning the Gishmak. As Rashi tells us in uh, by the parish of Kabbalah Zatar and Parshish Yisroi, says Rashi, Kishbaruch calls the Klai Yisrael, Va'atayim shamaya tishmu bekoili ve'yisen lisegulam ikol amim. Says Rashi, Um, if you're going to accept it on yourself now, you're going to make the commitment and you're going to stick to it. From here on, it's going to be enjoyable. The beginning is always hard, but with time, with time, it becomes enjoyable. And it's well known the, uh, the Archaim brings down and he says, if people would understand the mesikas of the Torah, people wouldn't have any other any other cheshek to do anything else in the world if they would appreciate the gishmak that comes with Torah. 
But that doesn't come on its own. And that's just something that calls, just, that's something that comes with practice. As Rashi tells us over here in Parshas Yisroi, you sit down, you commit yourself, you make sure that you're going to stick to the commitment, and then with time, we're guaranteed that the Gishmak is going to follow. We ask the question, why is it that the Torah, that, that, that Chumash Bamidbar is called, is called Chumash Apkudim, the book of numbers, the book of counting? So, the Ramban says over here, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe Rabbeinu, In the number, says the Ramban, the Mispar is a Lushan of Sipar, of story. Every single person, when they came to Moshe Rabbeinu to be counted, and they gave the Machzis a shekel, so they said something to Moshe Rabbeinu. They said who they were, who their father was, where they came from. But on another level, we can say that each person has his own Sipur. He has his own story to tell. And what Chazal are telling us over here is that the Mispar, the number, the number that the Torah was given in the Midbar in connection with the numbers, with the Mispar, is to tell us that we each have our own Sipur, so to speak. We each have our own individual Chelek in the Torah. And as we say by davening, that every single person has his unique tafkid in Kabbalah Satayra, in understanding the Torah. And maybe that's the reason that the Torah is calling the Sefer Chumash in the Book of Numbers, because a number means that every single person is equal and every single person is the same. We're each one. And together, we're a sum total. So Klai Yisrael receives the Torah as a sum total, but, but individually, we each have the same chashivas and the same number and the same koyach. Each and every one of us has a chilek in the Torah. And that's what the Torah is telling us over here. The Midbar Sinai, in the Midbar, Chumash Apkudim, the book of Numbers, the Torah was given to each and every single one of us. And we have to appreciate and realize that we have a unique chilek. And nobody can take that away from us. And this is something that perhaps as Shavuos approaches and with all the the bren and all the uh, the steigen that we remember from our yeshiva years, a person might say, you know, where am I today and what does this have to do with me? So, the Torah tells us over here in the parsha. A beautiful thing when discussing the Masois of Kla Yisrael, how they would travel together. Says the Pasuk, Ishal Digloi Baisais Levesavaisam Yachanu Bene Yisrael Mineget Saviv Loyal Med Yachanu. And the Torah goes into detail the formation of the Machna of Kla Yisrael and how each Shevet had their own flag, they had their own Degel. And the Medrash goes, goes, goes to explain. That each shavet, each shavet's flag, has a, a color, and the picture, the insignia, which is unique to them. For so, for example, Ruvain, his color was red, and he had to die him. Shimon was green, and it had in it a picture of Shechem. 
Levi was white, black, and red, and it had on it a picture of the Urum Vitumim. What's the uniqueness of the Degolim? What's the point of a flag? A, pla- a flag symbolizes the essence of what, of what, what, what's in it. Each country has its own flag, which represents the most of that country. Eretz Yisrael has the uh, Mogin David in its flag because we're Jews. It's a Jewish country. And so it is with all the Shvatim. Each one has the unique Tafkid. And the Torah is telling us that this is the way of Klal Yisrael and this is the way of how the Shechina is uh, existing within Klal Yisrael. That Klal Yisrael is camped around the Mishkan and each Shevet has its own Tafkid and its own uniqueness. And that's something that we can take to heart as we approach these great days and to remember that each and every one of us has our Chelek in Torah. And there's no such thing as certain people, uh, they're the ones who connect to Shavuos, and, but, but the but Amoynam, Shavuos is just a regular Yom Tev. No, Adar Each and every one of us has our Chelek in Torah, and each and every one of us has a unique Chelek, which is different from the other person. And that's what the Torah is telling us over here. We each have our own story to say and our own connection to the Torah. And with that in mind, so we can uh, go on to explain the Minug. There's a famous Minug on Shavuos that on Shavuos night people read the Tikkun El Shavuos which is a uh, really a, an abbreviation of Kolatera Kula, starting with the uh, starting with the Chumash, a little bit of each parsha, and moving on from there to a little bit of each Mishnah and then Gemara, and going through Kolatera Kula. Now, how did this uh, how did this uh, this this minic start? So it's brought down in the Shalot. From the uh, Beis Yosef and from Abshleim Al-Kavitz, that they were friends, and they had made up that they were going to join together on Shavuos night to sit and learn. And Abshleim Al-Kavitz is writing this down. And he said, we had made up that we're going to uh, read in this order of the Torah from beginning till end. And from there on, we're going to move on to Mishnayis. And just as they started learning Mishnayis, all of a sudden... They hear the voice of the Magid, the Magid that the Beis Yosef would, uh, who would appear to the Beis Yosef. And it was a tremendous sound as he describes it. It was such a, a powerful and frightening sound. They weren't able to stand up and he says to them, And it goes on to describe the Simcha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has from their learning. And he urges them to continue. And he says, I'll advise that you should have 10 people learning together because then the schus of your learning is going to be even greater. And sure enough, the following night, they gathered together a minion. And as it reached Chatzos, so the voice came out again. And he said, Ashrechem, 
If you would see the, if you were able to, you would see the great fire that's surrounding from the learning of Shavuos night. And so certainly, this can bring us chizuk as we approach Shavuos of what the chashivas of our learning is and remind us what a great night it is and how much greatness we can achieve. It's well known that the, uh, the, uh, the Vilna Goyen sat down on Shavuos night to learn the Tikkun El Shavuos and he had by him the guest, the Dubna Magid. And the Goyen said to the Magid, you know, I'm, I'm saying Tikkun El Shavuos, how come you're not saying it? And the, 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 Magid, the, the Dubna Magid answered with a marshal. And he says, you know, there was once a man who, uh, who would go around and he would uh, sell different types of uh, garments. But when he would meet with his clients, so he wouldn't, uh, different type of fabrics rather, he wouldn't, he wouldn't take his entire warehouse with him. Rather, he would take, he'd take with him samples. So he goes around to a store and there's a fellow there who sees, his, uh, who sees the samples and he sees that, that people are ordering it. And he says, that's amazing. With just a few samples, he's getting all these tremendous orders and he's making so much money. So he decides he's going to go do the same thing. He gets hold of some samples of fabric and he goes to a store and he says, here, you want to buy this? And the man says, no. He says, what do you mean? But you made that order from the other fellow. He says, yes, because his samples represent all the storage houses that he has of fabric. But the samples alone are nothing. So says the Dubin and to the Goyen, you're learning, I'm thinking about Shavuos, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's symbolizing the, uh, the samples of, of what you have of Kola Kula that you know. But me, all I have is the samples themselves. There's no point in me learning it. So that's one way to look at what Tikkun Lel Shavuos is. But there's a deeper level here. And this is something that I've heard from Rav Shem Pincus. And he says, really, when it, when it comes to Kabbalah Satira, so a person can say, you know, how much can I acquire? How much can I connect to Tyra? How much can I learn? Maybe a few blood gemar I'm going to learn this year. If I do Daf it's okay. So I'm going to be doing 300 blood gemar, which is very nice. But, but that's it. It's still within a small, a small sample. Comes Lel Shavuos, and we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know what we want? We want everything. We want Kala Kula, from Bereshis till Vazaysa Bracha, from Brachas till Nida, and everything in between. Mechilta, Mechilta, and Sifri. And so we read the Tikkun Lel Shavuos to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is what we want, and please give it to us. The Chassam Seifer says that every single year, by Kabbalah Satira, by Shavuos, so it's Nisaira once again, the Kabbalah Satira that Klal Yisrael had at Matan Taira. And just like then, Klal Yisrael came to Har Sinai, they didn't have much. So too we can approach this great day with the same understanding and with the same feeling. And we can say that, Baruch you know, maybe we don't have much, but what we do have is, we do have the ability to commit ourselves to learning Taira. We do have the ability to try to acquire a Gishmak in learning Torah. And we do have the ability to know 
that we each have our unique tafkid and our unique chalak in Taira. And when we come to the Abishta with such a way, and we daven, the harivna, then there's no question that Mr. Shem, he's going to shower us with a great gift of Taira that each and every one of us should have a year. A year, and as it's known that uh, that uh, Shavuot is, is the din for Taira, we should have a year of Givaldiga growth in Taira and Yeres Shemayim. And we should be Zaychetaka, what we said earlier, that just like the Taira was given in the Eish, in the Mayim, in the Midbar, each and every one of us should be Zaychet to all these elements, Eish, Mayim, Midbar, we should be Zaychet to a wonderful Yom Tov Kabbalah Satayra. Thank you so much.